Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by former journalist turned award-winning author. It's Chris Brookmeyer. Hello to you. Hello, Joe. It's lovely to see you. The last time that we did see each other in person was at Harrogate, I believe, in the glorious sunshine. Um, and I'm very glad to see that the barrel has made an appearance <laughs> in this video as well. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of having a mantelpiece if you can't put your awards on it? Uh, yeah, true. yeah. And, and what a lovely memory that is to have been. That, that was one of my highlights of the year. Um, Marissa and I going down to Harrogate to just stand in the sunshine outside and, and meet people. I think that was really our first encounter with other human beings after a year and a half uh, yeah. and it meant so much I mean it really it was quite overwhelming at times we all got very emotional uh, it was wonderful I think that was the case for a lot of people I really do think that was possibly the first of you know people doing more than just maybe seeing family or like a couple of friends or anything you know it was a big it was yeah. a, a big deal it was oh yeah I, I remember feeling this kind of weird insecurity of thinking all the time <laughs> is this okay because yeah, because yeah, yeah. you were seduced by the normality of it you know, yeah. um, and it was the first kind of big slice of normal that I'd had uh, in so long and it meant so much it just it was nourishment to the soul <laughs> it was a, a few odd occasions where I was going in for an elbow or but they were going in for a hug and I sort of ended up just <laughs> punching them in the face and, you know, it was a, hopefully there won't be any of that this year now um, well, look, congratulations, Chris, on uh, being long-listed um, for the cut. Also uh, very beautifully displayed, I see in the back. Um, so this is a, a standalone thriller. Perhaps you could just tell us um, a little bit about Millie and Jerry and, and set up this story for anyone who doesn't know it yet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about a, a woman who, Millicent Spark, who's a, a former special effects makeup artist um, specialising in exploitation cinema, horror movies, what were known as the video nasties. Um, and she's someone who's, she spent 25 years in prison and the book picks up when she's been released and is failing to adjust to life on the outside. And essentially she, she's so alienated by what she's found and, and she thinks her life is over that she really just wants to kill herself until she ends up with this new flatmate, uh, an 18-year-old flatmate. Uh, and Jerry, who's just started university, and he got, has got a you know, whopping case of imposter syndrome, um, doesn't really think he's going he's gonna to cut it. He's kind of self-sabotaging, really. Um, but they find they've got a lot in common, and, and kind of what drives them, what was, um, inspires Millie, really, to, to rediscover her, her lust for life, is that between them, they begin to investigate 
the mystery behind the murder for which Millicent was convicted 25 years before. And that mystery concerns a legendary lost horror film. Um, I mean, there's all these fantastic myths and legends around great horror movies like The Exorcist and The Omen. Um, And I found that quite intoxicating, so I wanted to create my own (laughs) mythologised horror movie. And so the movie she worked on, this movie called Mancipium, it was the last film she worked on, but there's all these myths around it. The um, producer went missing from his yacht, the star disappeared and was never seen again. The director killed himself, uh, a distributor, video distributor, threw himself in front of a train. And um, Millicent went to jail for murdering one of the uh, the foreign rights agents on the film. So it's a seemingly a cursed movie. But like, what fascinates me when you look into the legend behind things like The Exorcist and The Omen is finding out what the truth was behind all those claims. And as they investigate the, the, the mythology around Mancipium, they find the, the truth behind the murder. I just love this book, Chris, and um, I also remember that when it first, first came out, uh, yourself and the wonderful Mick Heron uh, joined me on my podcast to talk about books and writing and all things, but we went down a sort of video nasties uh, (laughs) avenue, as I recall. And I can't remember then if I asked you, but I'm going to ask you now, um, have you seen Censor? Yes, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it put me in li- a little bit in mind of, you know, some, not parallels as such, but like there, there was a certain vibe from that film that I got from this book as well. Yeah, I'd always wanted to write a book that would allow me to um, sort of showcase the absurdity of that moral panic back in the 80s. And then the same moral panic was reprised in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, they realised they could get two moral panics for the price of one. Um, <laughs> And I, so I was delighted actually when I saw Censor earlier this year because it was such a different take on it. But it was the same thing, this this notion that, that these movies, that when you look back, they, they do look really cheesy. But there was a time when um, the government whipped up the tabloids into this complete hysteria over how they were going to destroy the fabric of society. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to use Millicent's uh, surname, was there a, a, a spark for this story? Obviously, you've always wanted to write, as you say, something around those video analysis or that, that panic. But I know that, you know, in, in talking to you about previous books and story ideas, you know, you've got the journalist brain. So you're often getting mm-hmm. little tidbits from newspapers or stories or things that are happening. So was there one that, that came through for you for this? Yeah, I think that one of the main things that I wanted to write about actually was um, it, the inspiration came, uh, Marissa, my wife, showed me an article about, I think it was either in Canada, and there was a similar scheme in, in Scandinavia whereby uh, students were being offered cut price accommodation if they would go and live with older people. And their arrangement was that they would spend some social time with the older people, not that they were there to serve them in some capacity, but it was just so there was this connection between the generations that the older people would would have a younger perspective and stay younger, and the younger people would have a a more accurate sense of of who these people were. And that just started the wheels turning. And the other thing I wanted was to write about someone who had kind of had felt they'd lost everything in life and, and were rediscovering it because I wanted to write about how just because you're a bit older doesn't mean things are over. These could still be the best days of your life. And it also struck me that despite the towering figure of, of Miss Marple, 
crime fiction doesn't have an awful lot of septuagenarian women in dynamic roles. And I wanted to write that kind of perspective. I wanted to some, someone who who you would encounter and actually be slightly wary of and scared of because Millicent is not nice when you first meet her. You know, she no, is no. kind of <laughs> dangerous when cornered. But I wanted to, to write someone that the reader would initially recoil from and then by the end of the story, they would absolutely adore this person. And I wanted to create this a fresh perspective. You know, I think the thing that always excites writers is when they're, they've discovered a new voice for themselves or a new character that allows them to look at the world in a way that's different from all their previous work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she absolutely does that. Um, now, you won this award uh, back in 2017. We know because you've got the barrel to prove it. Uh, that was for Black Widow. Um, how does it feel to be long-listed again this year and for this book? Well, it was one of my proudest moments was was winning in 2017. And so it, it means so much because... I think, I remember I was talking years ago to uh, Douglas Kennedy and we were discussing the, a, a very sniffy perspective uh, from a literary critic about how crime writers will write a book every year. And we were talking about this, the question of whether there's a greater likelihood that you'll write a great book um, if you write a new, a new one every year in five years than if you write a great book, if you took five years to write one book. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and the way Douglas put it, he said, yeah, you, you kind of, you don't know when you're going to hit one out of the park. You just have to keep stepping up to the plate. But now and again, you do feel like you've hit one out of the park. You think this one was good. This one was fun to write or it had a, a, a kind of spark to it, if you forgive uh, the pun. Um, and that was the case with this. But it's really gratifying when you do that and everyone else agrees. You know, sometimes you think I've written something quite special and everyone goes, yeah. yeah. And, and, now, and now and again, you'll write one that everyone loves and you think, I don't think it was that good. But yeah. now and again, sometimes there's one you think, yeah, there's something, there's a, a bit of stardust about this one. So um, being long-listed for the Theakstons just means so much. Yeah, and it's such a great long list, and it's it's so great to have you on there as well. Um, and of course, we'll be seeing you at Harrogate this year. We'll be seeing you and Marissa, I believe, in Harrogate this year. Yeah, we uh, we will be appearing as Ambrose Parry on a historical fiction panel, which also means a great deal to us. I mean, what, remember just before the first Ambrose Parry book came out, we came down to Harrogate and we had a little giveaway on the big chair. And it was probably one of the first times Marissa was appearing in public with her book. Uh, so it, there's great associations with it. So it means a great deal that we, we will be there as Ambrose Parry officially for the first time. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. I'm very much looking forward to it. And of course, as you have already said, very much looking forward to just seeing everyone again and fingers crossed for some of that 2021 sunshine to come back round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that we, we'll settle for just seeing everybody with fewer restrictions this time. At least this time, if it rains, we don't have to worry about going indoors. <laughs> That's true, actually. No, I'll tell you what, you're, you're right. I'll settle for just not raining. Is that okay? <laughs> just, just don't, it doesn't matter if it's grey or whatever, just, just no rain. Thank you very much. Um, well, Chris, congratulations again. Um, and remember, all of our long list of books are available to buy from Waterstones. And if you've already read Chris's book and you know you wanted it to be the winner, you can head over to harrogatethinkstoncrimeaward.com where you can cast your vote for that book. But you've got to do it before the 26th of May. Always a pleasure to see you. Always a pleasure to chat to you, Chris. And I will see you on the lawn in July with a pint of Thinkstons. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank <laughs> you.